Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's a great pleasure to be here on this occasion, and I'd like to thank the, orders, uh, the organizers very much for the opportunity of being here. Uh, now, is the uh, human mind unique? Uh, I give you one example uh, that I think gives you a visual answer uh, without any uh, contradiction. And this uh, is uh, the earliest uh, work of representation known, or the earliest sculptural work of representation known. Um, it uh, dates from about 40,000 uh, years ago. <coughs> it's from uh, uh, a site near Ulm, uh, and uh, uh, it's just a, a remarkable piece of work. It's about uh, uh, 18 uh, inches high. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, I think I'm an archaeologist, and I'm going to give you some uh, examples uh, of uh, aspects of the uh, uh, human mind that are certainly uh, unique uh, in a specifically human way. Now, uh, as an archaeologist, um, I like to think of things uh, in a chronological framework, and I like to think uh, about the narrative. Uh, and I think the narrative is very important if we are going to understand uh, what is humankind and how we have become what we are. And uh, I'm going to be, by implication, just a little uh, critical uh, of the uh, current consensus, with which I don't really disagree, but I think it oversimplifies, uh, that um, uh, there was a moment, say 150,000 years ago, 200,000 years ago, uh, when the <clears throat> genetic evolution of our species, the DNA, uh, effectively uh, came together and was uh, largely complete, and that was the emergence of Homo sapiens. Uh, but as I will go on to say, I don't think it's quite as easy as that. But if we're talking about the narrative, uh, let's start uh, with uh, these uh, footsteps of our ancestor Australopithecus uh, of about uh, uh, three and a half million years ago. They're a remarkable image, uh, as you know. They're preserved in the volcanic ash at Lytoli. So here we catch the first glimpse, as it were, of our ancestor, the bipedal uh, hominid, uh, already showing one of the features, uh, which is generally said to be characteristic for humankind. And not so very long afterwards, uh, we see the first stone artifacts. This is a more sophisticated one by our ancestor Homo erectus, uh, made something like half a million years ago, and they are very symmetrical uh, and uh, very beautifully made. Uh, and the terminology man the toolmaker, of course, arose from the understanding of such objects, although it's been abundantly documented that many other species do indeed make tools for various purposes, um, but uh, I don't think it's the case that there are many other species uh, that make tools in order to make tools. And this particular artifact, this stone of artifact, was made uh, by using tools which had been uh, produced for the purpose. 
But uh, I think it's fair to say that if you imagine uh, somebody coming in a spaceship from another galaxy, uh, if they looked at these works, uh, they would be, uh, if they noticed them at all, they would be particularly overwhelmed uh, by the uh, degree of intelligence uh, that was revealed. They might be if they thought more about it. Uh, and that is really my point. Uh, when we come to the emergence uh, of our species, Homo sapiens, uh, with uh, a slightly developed toolkit. But if you're uh, not a specialist in Paleolithic lithic industries, uh, you're actually quite hard put to it to know the difference. I'm not such a specialist, and I've always been slightly underwhelmed by the blade industries of the upper Paleolithic, which accompany uh, humans, uh, sapient humans, Homo sapiens, as compared to the industries, uh, indeed, which uh, Stephen Mythen was rightly praising, uh, of the Mysterian. Uh, so what else is so special at that point? Well, at the Blombos Cave, as you probably know, around 70,000 years ago, uh, we uh, have uh, the first um, examples of uh, red ochre, uh, which has been decorated, and I think that's not an inappropriate uh, word to use, with these uh, regularly incised lines. Uh, if you're an enthusiast for contemporary art, as indeed I am, you might regard these as the first art, uh, but uh, others would pre pre prefer to reserve that, uh, that uh, appellation for the wonderful figure from Herlenstein Stadel uh, that we saw just a moment ago. So, okay, our people or our uh, beings uh, on the spaceship, I don't think they're going to be hugely impressed by this, uh, but they may be by what uh, we also find, or what is also found uh, at Blombos, uh, which uh, is these uh, modestly pierced uh, shells, and I think it has been documented they are deliberately pierced, which were worn as uh, decorations, cosmimeter. Now, if you're uh, an enthusiast for the archaeological record, as I am, and you ask yourself, when is the first evidence for self-consciousness, you don't really find it in those tools, in those hand axes, but perhaps you find it here in these beads, um, which uh, uh, are deliberately put round uh, uh, the neck, presumably, or sometimes the feet, uh, and are deliberately used to be noticed by other people. And I think they do ask the question, how do I look in this? And the how do I look in this question is clearly a question of self-awareness. So that is a significant development, but a fairly subtle one, uh, and our beings from the spaceship may not be overwhelmed uh, by that particular feature. Well, uh, as you know, the out of Africa dispersal of our dispersion of our species took place about uh, uh, sixty thousand years ago, and so human humankind was propagated all over uh, the globe. Um, and I want you to notice the time lapses involved. Um, Homo sapiens, uh, probably the DNA signature, was well enough established by one hundred and fifty thousand years ago. Uh, 
uh, Blombos uh, with the beads and self-awareness, the how do I look uh, effect, is about 70,000 years ago. So uh, it's now, uh, uh, this is 60,000 years ago, but it's not uh, uh, until 40,000 years ago uh, that we have the first cave painting, uh, basically contemporary and in the same general region as that first wonderful sculpture which I showed you. Uh, and so this is 40,000 years ago, uh, and uh, it is a remarkable phenomenon, the intense creative explosion, as John Pfeiffer called it, uh, of cave painting and uh, other works which we regard as artworks, and, uh, and why not, uh, which you see in France and Spain, and extending uh, as far as uh, uh, Eastern Europe, but I want to emphasize that this phenomenon is a very localized phenomenon. You don't find it, as far as is known in India, you don't find it uh, in the Americas, in the Paleolithic, that is to say, in the, uh, uh, in the Ice Age. Uh, it's a very wide phenomenon after 11,000 years ago, uh, universal, you might say, but an, until that time, it's very localized. And I think sometimes uh, that general historians are fooling themselves if they imagine uh, that this was a, a stage in the development of humankind. That is an open question. It's true there's good evidence for uh, Paleolithic, uh, that's Ice Age uh, um, uh, art, if you want to call it, that figuration in Australia also, which is very interesting, but uh, it's, uh, it's something uh, which is uh, localized. Uh, and it's not until much later that you get something which our space traveler is really going to take note of. If you're landing in a, spa in a spacecraft, and indeed some people have imagined that Stonehenge was built by people from spacecraft, but I'm not advocating uh, uh, that theory, uh, you would say, right, this is something to take note of. Who built these things? Uh, and Stonehenge dates from about 2,000 years ago, but we already find monumentality um, 10 uh, or 11,000 years ago. But until that time, there is nothing much uh, that our visitor from outer space would really have to take account of. And that leads me to uh, express the uh, sapient paradox, uh, which, uh, to summarize, I have it here. If Homo sapiens uh, was constituted genetically before 100,000 years ago, and the Neolithic Revolution, that is to say sedentism and its consequences, came after 11,000 years ago, what took so long? So uh, that, I think, is uh, a question that is worth uh, posing. And I'd like to uh, elaborate it in one or two ways. I want to take you now to Gebekli Tepe, uh, dating from about 10,000 years ago. Uh, and this is the earliest site of congregation that we know of in the world. And one principle, one human principle I want to emphasize is the principle of congregation, that human beings come together in great numbers for uh, entertainment, for religious purposes, for social purposes above all. Uh, and of course, uh, congregation is indeed uh, uh, noted uh, in many other species. Uh, but uh, I think the principle of congregation is an important one, which is well uh, exemplified uh, for the first time in the archaeological record at Gebekli Tepe. 
Then you get sedentism, uh, and this is an example from Chatalhuyuk, about 6,000 BC, an early village or town site, where you get these uh, very well-constructed dwellings. And it's at this time, uh, or perhaps a little earlier, that the notion of property first makes its uh, appearance. Property used to be written of a great deal by Marx and uh, Lewis Henry Morgan. It's not so much spoken of in the archaeological record uh, today, but I think it ought to be because it is an emergent uh, feature in the human experience, or so it can well be uh, argued. Uh, And then there is community, the sense of belonging to a specific group. Now, this uh, may well belong, well, does indeed happen in certain other species, packs of animals and so on, uh, but it is something which takes a new form with the construction of the first monuments. This is a megalithic monument in, uh, in Britain, the site of West Kennet for about 2,500 BC. Uh, and uh, I believe that it was the construction of such monuments that in some cases brought people together. They were used for burial, but they didn't always always have to be the construction of such monuments, such monuments uh, that lead, led to a sense of uh, a community. And then the notion of value is an emergent feature. And here is gold, the oldest gold in the world. And these are very beautiful gold objects from the site of Varna around 4,500 BC. Now, we live uh, in the modern world by value. Money is, of course, something that we all use and think about and we understand money and we know what is more money and what is less money. But the concept of value seems to be an emergent feature in the human experience uh, of uh, uh, around 4,500 BC or perhaps a little earlier. And it is associated with material objects to which high value was ascribed. Of course, value is always ascribed, although some things look fancier than others. Gold is very nice, so it naturally uh, is valued in our own day. So uh, that is a point which I think is worth emphasizing, uh, and uh, it's part of the human story uh, that is sometimes uh, uh, overlooked uh, when we talk of the great leap of, uh, was it 150,000 years ago? Was it 70,000 years ago? Was it 10,000 years ago? Value doesn't enter into the human story uh, until uh, this time of about uh, six or 7,000 years ago. And then one very important feature uh, which is much discussed and much worth discussing is the emergence of hierarchy in society. And this slide, I think, symbolizes it very well. Uh, This is the uh, Nama palette, uh, which uh, uh, is uh, contemporary with the first pharaohs of Egypt. uh, And it shows the pharaoh smiting uh, an unfortunate captive. Uh, Well, uh, the institution... Uh, of uh, ranks in society, not just comparative ranks, but indeed the institution of classes in society and the rule of the pharaoh uh, is what John Searle calls an institutional fact, and I think uh, rightly so. Uh, It's a fact uh, which emerges in human society uh, with uh, uh, the development of certain ways of thought which we don't really see emerging um, until uh, around uh, 3000 BC for the first time. We don't get a state society until around 3000 BC. 
Uh, it would be interesting to ask what institutional uh, facts uh, arise a lot earlier and uh, how we would recognize them. Uh, and that's a, a question which uh, um, uh, I couldn't uh, uh, begin to answer here and now. But uh, uh, the point I'm making is that there are many things uh, which we think of uh, uh, as almost fundamental to humankind or certain, certainly uh, to the modern human world whose origins lie much deeper. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, I feel uh, that the, uh, uh, the, the single great leap, now you don't see it, now you do, of around whatever date it was, uh, is one which perhaps needs to be a little nuanced. And I think we have very much to learn uh, about uh, the process of uh, human, uh, the unfolding or emergence of these particularly human qualities, which we all recognize, but then certainly not all uh, present uh, 70,000 years ago uh, or 30,000 years ago uh, or whatever. So I want to conclude uh, with uh, uh, a cartoon uh, which uh, uh, I think uh, is an illuminating one uh, because uh, you see these uh, humans uh, um, and they're contemplating uh, the ants or whatever they are uh, which are building more or less an ant's nest. Well, what's remarkable in that? Uh, and I think the cartoon itself, like many aspects of good humor, uh, contains as many questions uh, as it answers. So that's what I would like to leave you with. Thank you very much. Thank you.